This is the Intentional Disruption Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Demo. Today, I want to talk about equity. And I don't mean in the DEI sense. Uh, I mean in the business sense. You see, I'm in process with a funding round for one group that I'm working with and doing an acquisition with another group that I'm working with. And there's a little bit of question about how to retain some of the top talent inside of these businesses. And I was talking with my partner on the acquisition trade and it was an interesting situation and I wanted to share what we talked about because it might be something that you've considered too. You see, there's a lot of talk out there about consulting for equity, which I do. And some people think that, hey, I really want to get somebody's buy-in to the company. I'm going to give them 10% of the company, 1% of the company. Insert a number above zero in this space. And they think that's a good thing because, hey, they're going to be bought into the process. Maybe. It's possible. But when we had this conversation yesterday, the immediate response I had is, no, we're not doing that. And my partner was a little bit shocked because I'll grant you that I didn't say it with the normal openness that I might have. It'd been a little bit of a long day, um, self-judgment there. But I just matter of factly said, no, we're, we're not doing that. And he asked me why. And now I have a deeper background in the business structure, you know, merger acquisition, some of those parts and pieces than he does. And I broke it out a little bit less detailed. But there's complications that arise when you give somebody an ownership stake in your business. Depending on the number that you give them, there's some additional reporting that they need to do. They have additional rights that you might not have considered. There's quite a few complications that come up if the business is to sell. You see, you've now given that individual a seat at the table. And even if later on you want to fire them for cause, what, whatever the reason might be, well, guess what? They own a stake in your business and you're going to have to buy them out. Now, that doesn't sound terribly appealing to me. Maybe it still does to you, but I'm going to give you an example of how I explain structuring this deal in a more positive way. So for the acquisition we're looking at making, this individual we're talking about is a relative of the owner. And nice dude, from what I can understand, uh, actually very integral to the business. So yeah, we definitely want to retain that person, 
because they've got a wealth of knowledge for the current state of the business. And we were talking about, well, how do we ensure that this individual is retained? Because they've been doing it their way for 20 years. And when we come in, we want to highlight the areas that are part of their zone of genius. But intrinsically, there's going to be areas for opportunity. And that's where the conversation with my partner started is, how do we best help this individual to grow inside of the company? And there's a couple different ways you can go about this. But the main concern was, we don't want this person to have to leave. Now, candidly, if he doesn't have a contract of some sort, I'm going to be paying less for the business because that one critical person, if he decides to just leave, we're screwed. And that's not good. I don't know how you feel about it, but if your company is driven by personalities and individual people, you don't have systems and processes. And this is why that business was not able to sell a couple of years ago. So if they want the same money that they wanted a couple of years ago for the business, it's obviously not going to happen because those parts and pieces did not get changed. Again, it doesn't make it a bad business, but there's risk factors that need to be accounted for inside of this company where there's a concentration of information inside of key individuals that's not broadcast, shared, standardized across the organization. And this is a trucking company, but this applies to any business that you might be working on yourself. Inside of your business, how is how's your delegation? Are you doing most of the work that requires specialist knowledge? If so, it might be an opportunity to make a shift, to make a shift to standardize. Now, many times I give the example of my time in the Marine Corps. There is a little book. Well, I say little. It's probably 70 quarter pages. Um, we called it the pocket checklist because, yes, it fit into your pocket. But with that, I could take somebody that was minimally trained in the job that I did, give them that book, and especially if they had it tabbed out the way that I had mine tabbed out, you could essentially run the air war for the United States Marine Corps. Like 18 years old, wet behind the ears, don't know a thing about the real world just yet. If you were basically trained and given that book, you could operate a war zone. Now, I don't mean that they would operate at the same level that my crew operated at. I'm not claiming that, but you'd get a good 80% result and that's repeatable. And that might just be all you need at the end of the day. Inside of our businesses, we need to have SOPs. We need to have standard processes. And the reason we need that is because somebody needs to be replaceable. You know, the broker dealer that I clear through, I'll leave their name out of it, but safe to say that they manage 
over a trillion dollars in assets. And they've spent millions of dollars with McKinsey Consulting to figure out, oh, I was going to use a really bad word there, how to unscramble themselves, if that's an, a way to put it that's not going to get me in trouble. Millions of dollars on how to break down silos and communicate. And it's been a waste of money because everyone has their own little kingdom, everyone has their own little fiefdom, and institutional knowledge is held inside of individual people, which is dumb. And I say that it's dumb because it's costing that company millions of dollars every year. Because whenever you have a problem, you have to find an individual person. There's not a system or process that you need to go through. And this is one of the largest companies in America. What's hysterical about that process is if you know anything about the back end of the consulting company that I just mentioned, they don't do any of the stuff that they say either. Newsflash. So does that make it okay if you don't have your systems and processes in place? In the moment, yeah, it's fine. Going on the presumption, just like at some point I had where I didn't know better. That's fine. There's no shame or guilt attached to that. But now you know. And now it's time to fix it. The books that I've mentioned many times, Scrum by Jeff Sutherland, Traction by Gino Wickman, there's education that you can give yourself for not a lot of money that will start to fix this process. So now that I've beat that dead horse a little bit, Mike, you were talking at the beginning about how do we retain this individual? So there will be some demerits for this company as I dig into their operations. If all of the information is withheld in this one individual, I'm going to ask them to have some sort of a contract where if he leaves, I'm going to pay them less money. And when I say I'm going to pay them less money, it's probably going to be a couple million dollars. Just frankly. And that sounds like a big thing, but this has the potential to be anywhere from a 30 to $50 million deal. And if the key to operations is this one guy, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to charge a cost of replacement because this guy might be doing two or three different jobs and I'm going to have to highly compensate two or three different people over time, that's going to cost me a few million dollars plus the lost revenue while I get it figured out. So how do you avoid that situation is really the question inside of your business. First off, pay your people properly. Um, this individual is making a little bit under six figures. One of the first things that I'm going to do, because I did some research on what the average pay is for somebody that's essentially a chief operations officer in his state, they should be making like 120. So I'm going to give them a raise. And as part of that raise, 
I'm going to give a bonus structure based on company performance over the next three years. Because candidly, within three years, I'm going to have enough systems and headcount where that individual is replaceable. And that doesn't mean I want to get rid of them. But every person in your organization, including yourself, should be replaceable. And if that's not the case, you know, today that's okay. But going forward, it needs to be a point of intention that your systems and your processes are documented. And again, I'll refer back to the EOS model and also uh, the book Traction by Gina Wickman there. It's critically important to have it so that the different cogs in the wheel can be replaced. A lot of people want to have this specialized thing, but frankly, the production line became important because we're able to mass produce a quality product. And it's no different inside of business. If you ever want to scale, you can't do it as a custom shop. You know, Bentley is only ever going to be able to make so many cars. We're not trying to make that. We're trying to do more of the Audi model where we can create a fantastic vehicle, but it's on an assembly line basis. And that's going to be a lot of just documenting your processes using tools such as Loom to record the process as you do it. And inside of this company that we're looking to buy, that's going to be a lot of what we do. And my partner and I had a conversation about who should be in what position. Originally, we were thinking that I should be the CEO because I'm going to be the driver behind a lot of this optimization. He has more of the industry experience than I do. So we decided that he should probably be the CEO and we agree on the process we're going to use. So I'll be there as the implementer on a consulting basis. And we're going to have this individual continue in the chief operating officer role, understanding that he's going to need to learn how to do these parts and pieces in order for us to be successful. So that's a little bit about what we walked through, how we are going to progress forward, and also why you do not want to give an employee equity. Give them a bonus structure instead. Give them a pay raise. But don't do it the other way because it's going to complicate things upon exit. My name is Mike Demo. You can reach me at growwithdelta.com. You can reach me on LinkedIn at Mike Demo, on Facebook at Mike Demo. I'm happy to connect with you to answer questions that you might have about your business, the structure, some of the books that I referred to. Um, no affiliate links there, obviously, just good information. If you could do me a favor, if this gave you value, go ahead and drop a review, um, especially on Apple Podcasts. It seems to make a difference. Um, Amazon, Spotify, um, leave a couple stars. It all helps get the message out to other people, and it's much appreciated. Have a great day.